to me this is more just money and, and feeding your beautiful tummy. It's, uh, I want you to be, to be happy, you know. You know, I may look tired, but, but, but I'm a fairly happy person. You know, of course I get sad once in a while and this and that, you know, I'm only human, but, uh, you know, we have to accept, you know, sadness with, with beauty and, and respect and understand each other and not judge each other. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Radio DePaul podcast. I'm Sarah Breedlove, here with episode 60, Constance. This week, we'll be talking about two specific constants, both within the city of Chicago and the greater DePaul community. That woman you heard speak at the beginning of this episode is none other than Mama Branco, the woman who runs the sandwich shop across from U-Haul on Fullerton. But if you're a DePaul student, you probably already know that. Our first story takes a peek at everyone's favorite mama. I'm going to let Amy Doe take it away. We're recording now. Um, I'm going to put this right here so that it can record your voice because I can record my own voice anytime I want. When I walked into Branco's sandwich shop at 8.30 in the morning, my nerves were through the roof. But let me tell you, if you have to pick anybody to interview for your first Radio DePaul podcast ever, it's Mama. My name is Anja. I am... Uh the oldest daughter of uh, Branko and Jelica from the Branko's restaurant. I've been running this place uh, since 1981. There's this word that's being thrown around the internet, sonder. It's supposed to mean the realization that each random passerby is living a life as vivid and complex as your own. It's not recognized in any official dictionary, but I think it applies in this context. The founders of Brancos have a long history that begins in southeastern Europe. A former Yugoslavia. A short history lesson. In the 1960s, a disastrous attempt at market socialism sent inflation rates through the roof. A devastating recession followed. Unemployment rates were some of the highest in Europe, and many citizens lacked access to basic resources like food and water. The low quality of life and constant political corruption forced many to emigrate. By the early 1970s, 20% of the Yugoslavian labor force were employed abroad, and Anya's family were among them. There is uh, corruption everywhere, but where I come from, it's... People don't have a say-so, even though it says the freedom, this and that, it's... Uh, it, it's not good. It's not good. You know, here I work 80, 90 hours a week. I pay my taxes, pay my dues. I can work 200 hours a week, you know, not sleep at all and, and pay your taxes and dues and nobody will bother you. Back home, you pay your taxes and dues and, and still they knock on your door. You know, still, uh, we always had money and everything, but if you would came to our home, it, you were like, oh, this is how they live, and we had everything, all the necessities, but, you know, there was no running water, there was no heat, so we had to, like, chop wood or bring, uh, uh, how do you call it, coal, and everything, so, you know, by the thousands of pounds they would bring in a backyard, and we would have to put in the shed, and then, you know, as a child, I would have to go a few blocks 
down to, to get drinking water in the bar in the in the barrels, and and I was doing all that, and I was very happy. The DePaul student body has always been a large part of Branco's customer base. The wood-paneled walls are covered in framed vintage DePaulia articles, and there's even a thank-you card from a student who used the place as a filming location. The Lincoln Park campus has given this small sandwich shop its fair share of lovin', and Mama loves them right back. I love being Mama, first of all. I lo always loved being Mama, ever since a little kid. Now I fit the, the title, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, four of Five years ago, my daughter and I went to the graduation and the young man, David, that gave the commencement speech, spoke about me. And I was like crying and everything and everybody's like, who is your kid? I go all of them and, and it made me feel so good. A cornerstone of Branco's, Anya says, is respect. The, for me, that's very, very big to, to um, how can I say, preserve each other each other's feelings, each other's, I think that's where the beauty and gift of life is and the richness of life. In here, I have zero tolerance. If anybody disrespects anybody, I will not serve you. I will not serve you. And even if while you're eating, I will come to you, I will pack up your food and I will tell you, you gotta leave, please don't come again. If there was one word that I could use to describe Branco's, it would be community. It's a place where people come together. It's a place people want to talk about. I know for a fact that, have you met Mama, is a freshman conversation starter. A sense of belonging and togetherness is fostered there, and that would not be the case if there was a different person behind the counter. But Mama says that at least some of the credit goes to us, her customers. Sometimes I feed off of you guys. You know what I mean? We can't all think of everything. And uh, I won't survive here alone. I don't care what we do in the world, doctors, nurses, cleaning streets, we all part of each other. You know, so because I, I get judged a lot what I do when I meet people outside and, and because I'm a dancer and I do this and that and they're like, Where you work and they came here and their body language body language can talk thousand words for per second. You know, it's like what you do. I go, Don't you love my job? You see I have people, I this is my pharmacy back here because I always wanted to be a pharmacist. You know, we all have stories, we all have families, we all have, and the world is constantly changing. You know, and uh, we all have to respect that. To me, this is more just money and, and feeding your beautiful tummy. It's, uh, I want you to be, to be happy, you know. You know, I may look tired, but but, but I'm a fairly happy person. You know, of course I get sad once in a while and this and that, you know, I'm only human, but, uh, you know, we have to accept, you know, sadness with, with beauty and, and respect and understand each other and not judge each other. But that's a very, very, I'm a very invisible part in the world, you know, and I hope I make a difference in people's lives and. You know, and uh, I, I never turn out down the, the help I can give or the interview or anything. Well, this country has a lot of good things, even though media and apparently bad news sells. Uh, you know, good news, uh, and there is plenty of good news, and we all need to share the good news. For those of you looking for some good news, I've got some. Free dance lessons. 
Amen, a Balkan, Balkanski Igre Ensemble, the Balkan Dances Ensemble for 33 years. It's free for classes. My dance directors, John and Galia Kuo, they're amazing. They're the best dance, uh, teachers in the world. And uh, the, the beauty and the culture and the originality of dancing, of any kind of dancing, it's dying. If you would like to get involved in Balkan dancing, lessons are free every Sunday from 12 to 2 at the International House on 59th Street. Funnily enough, my mom actually loves Balkan dancing, and when I asked her what was fun about it, she said, the music and the folk dance style. If you have a chance, you should try going. I'm gonna take my mom's advice. You should too. And if you don't want to listen to my mom, take mama's advice and help preserve the beauty and culture of dance. That was Amy Doe, a producer here at the podcast. For our next story, I'm going to have you sit back, relax, and imagine that you're walking through Millennium Park, taking a leisurely stroll out in this unusually warm October weather. You'll probably notice quite a few things while you're out and about. You'll most likely notice all the tourists' eyes as wide as plates as they scramble to take pictures of everything they see. You'll notice vendors trying their hardest to take advantage of these scrambling tourists by giving them an authentic Chicago experience. And you'll notice that for every person wandering around, there are just as many pigeons walking beside them. Pigeons are just about as common in Chicago as jaywalkers, street performers, and mysterious stains on the sidewalk. Accompanying these pigeons are very menacing signs hung up at every street corner, warning people that if they choose to feed the birds, they could receive up to a $500 fine. The thing that's always baffled me as a regular commuter throughout the city is that we treat these animals with such disdain and disgust. They're viewed as carriers of many diseases and are often referred to as the rats of the sky. Even though the animals we primarily choose to spend our time with, like dogs and cats, also carry diseases and parasites just like the birds sometimes do. In fact, according to the Humane Society, not only is there no evidence of pigeon droppings containing disease, there's little evidence, if at all, linking pigeons directly to human infections. We just have a very different attitude towards these animals than we do pigeons. But before the 1940s, we actually held pigeons in high esteem, using them for help as well as companionship in our daily lives. That just begs the question, what happened? The sun's shining bright, everything seems all right when we're poisoning pigeons in the park Pigeons are one of the world's oldest domesticated birds. Domestication records can be found depicted in Mesopotamian cuneiform tablets from more than 5,000 years ago, as well as in Egyptian hieroglyphics. They have been housed as pets for thousands of years and have been most commonly used as messengers of notes and letters. The most common breed amongst the 232 recorded breeds is the rock pigeon, those are the ones that you'll see wandering around cities across the world. Pigeons, unlike any other birds, have a special ability that gives them the capability to know where their home base is no matter where they're at. It doesn't matter how far away they are. 
or if they've been spun around in a circle a few times, they will always be able to get home. Pigeons are still commonly used during wedding ceremonies, although most people would just call them doves. Once they're released from their cages, they just fly straight back to their coop. And that's also why they make such good messengers. During the first Olympics in 776 BC, a pigeon was the one to deliver the results of the games. They were used avidly during World War I and II, records of nearly a million that served in both wars. In World War I, there was one specific pigeon who was revered for her service. Her name was Cher Ami, French for dear friend, and she was a homing pigeon who had been donated by British pigeon fanciers to the U.S. Army. She, along with 500 men, were trapped under fire by the Germans, and any man who tried to leave was shot down. Two days later, the men, without any food, water, or ammunition left, tested their luck and strapped a note to Cherami's leg that read, We're along the road parallel to 276.4. Our own artillery is dropping a barrage directly on us. For heaven's sake, stop it. As she flew from her hiding spot, German soldiers saw her rise and tried to shoot her down, effectively shooting off one of her legs. That didn't stop her, though. She flew back to her division headquarters about 25 miles away. She was hailed as a hero, saving the last 200 men who survived. After World War II, however, people just stopped appreciating these amazing animals. They quickly grew out of fashion. Whether they escaped from their coops or were released intentionally, pigeons quickly became one of the most prevalent birds throughout the world. They can be found on literally every continent, with the exception of Antarctica. They don't migrate. They simply adapt to whatever conditions are presented to them, which is why they stay year-round in this bipolar city. Since there are so many of them, they do pose a problem for a lot of people. They're seen as nuisances who poop on everything. They're actually one of three bird species that aren't protected by the law in the United States which is why there are countless extermination companies who specialize in taking care of these birds. One Google search for pigeon control brings up dozens of options for pigeon pest removal. But in the long run, killing pigeons doesn't actually work. Plus, it isn't a humane way of getting rid of the issue. There's a way to control the population as well as help these animals. Dovecoats. Those are the answer. Countries like Europe have used them for years, successfully controlling the pigeon population. A dovecote is basically just a giant pigeon coop. It's a large building made specifically for pigeons to roost and nest. They can be fed and taken care of as well as have the population carefully controlled, either by pigeon birth control, which is a real thing by the way, or culling the eggs. The dovecotes also double up as a form of public art making it an overall better way of controlling an apparent annoyance to the city. Although a lot of people have very harsh feelings towards these birds, there are a lot of advocates for them as well. The National Pigeon Association is an organization that, quote, promotes, educates, and acknowledges the efforts of fanciers in the continued development and care of our favorite feathered friends. They host the largest pigeon showcase in the United States for people to show off their prized pigeons. 
If you're interested in learning more about pigeons and the complicated relationship we have developed with them in today's society, check out Andrew D. Bleichmann's book, Pigeons, the fascinating saga of the world's most revered and reviled bird. You can also check out the National Pigeon Association website for ways you can help out, as well as care for a pigeon of your own. This week's episode was written and produced by Amy Doe and myself, Sarah Breedlove. We want to give a special thank you to Mama Branco for letting us tell her story. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give us a rating on SoundCloud and iTunes. It really helps us out. If you're looking for more content but are craving some comedy, be sure to check out Mistake and Eggs, where humor is served sunny side up. You can find that on SoundCloud, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and the Radio DePaul app. Once again, I'm Sarah Breedlove, and thanks for listening to the Radio DePaul Podcast.